Some like to slide in the home. I like when my man slides up and down. The neck like it ain't got no bone. I need a slide man. I need a slide man. I need a slide man beside me. Sliding all night long. Some like to strum it. Some like that picking, some like the chicken picking, mother plucking. Oh Lord, I need a slide man. I need a slide man. I need that slide man beside me, sliding all night long. He's sliding, he's sliding. from Atlanta, Georgia on Rock Radio UK The Blues Channel you are now live from the Midnight Circus this is Lahamadu and I've got a great show for you today today our featured artist is Barbara Blue she's got a brand new release out we'll be listening to tracks from that and of course we'll be talking with Barbara at the top of the hour You're not going to want to miss that interview. Now, this is the voice of indie blues. This is the show that brings you nothing but currently touring artists who are out there creating new, 
original music rooted in the blues. We embrace the diversity of music that always has and still is being created from those roots. Now, if you get a chance, stop by our website at makingascene.org. We got some great articles, CD reviews, artist interviews, and so much more. Now, in the meantime, I've got some great new music I know you're going to love, and some great new artists I can't wait to introduce you to. And of course, I aim to misbehave. I'm about to 
moment you realize, how could there possibly be this many blues?
This ain't my first rodeo
Ain't no grave Gonna hold my body down There ain't no grave Gonna hold my body down When I hear that trumpet sound Gonna rise up out the ground There ain't no grave Gonna hold my body down a prison as cruel as a grave shame is a robber and he's come to take my name love is my redeemer oh lift me from the ground love is a power where my freedom song is found Ain't no grave Hold this body down There ain't no grave Gonna hold this body down When I hear that trumpet sound I'm gonna rise up out the ground There ain't no grave Gonna hold this body down was a battle was a war between death and life there on the tree the lamb of god was crucified he went on down to hell and took back every key he rose up as a lion and he set all captives free Ain't no grave Could hold his body down Ain't no grave Could hold his body down When he heard that trumpet sound He rose up out the ground Ain't no grave Ever hold his body down Ain't no grave
Here's the blues scale. Now you sing it with me. Try it like this.
gonna rock these shades Gonna scream my name Make you shout now, honey Gonna make you whether you're an independent artist or a fan that loves them, makingascene.org is the place for you. For the music fan, we bring you in-depth interviews and CD reviews from artists who are on the cutting edge of original music. For the independent artist, we bring you articles on music business, recording techniques, gear reviews, and interviews with industry professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the Indie Revolution. And now, here is an indie blues double shot from our featured artist today, Barbara Blue. And stay tuned for that interview. It comes up right after these songs.
foot on the gas I've got one foot in the grave And one foot on the gas Get it while you can
from her brand new release, and we got Barbara on the line. Hey, Barbara, how you been? Hey, Richard, I'm great. I'm just, you know, enjoying my downtime after the holidays right now, actually. There you go. We're all kind of doing that. Now, uh, you've been on the show before, but we always like to give our fans an opportunity to kind of get to know an artist. And the best way to do that is through your journey. So give us the story of Barbara Blue. Oh, Barbara Blue, let's see. Born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Been singing since the day I was born. I was born with colic, so nine months of colic. My mom said I never shut up. I screamed for nine months, night and day. And, um, you know, the rest is history. Sang in church, sang at school. You know, played guitar since I was like eight. I don't remember, but I'm not a good guitar player. I still only play chords. You know, I can play chords on a piano. Not well either. I play with the greatest people I think on earth sometimes, so I just let that be their job. I'm the singer. <laughs> okay. You know, but, uh, uh, every artist has that moment where they, they have to make that decision where music is their career path. And, you know, some you know, are faced with that decision and and that moment where they make it is that pivotal point. What was that moment for you where you knew that music was your career path? You know, I went to school. I went to nursing school, got thrown out of there my third year. You know, I just... I've always sung, and when that happened, my friend looked at me and she said, "She went. They told us we should go to medical school. We weren't we weren't nursing material." And she looked at me and she said, "You should sing for people. You can heal them that way." And uh, she went on to medical school, and I went on to sing. And I thought, you know what? I turned it into my ministry. I knew that I made people happy when I sang. You know, so it was cool. I mean, it, it wasn't overnight. You know, I mean, trust me to learn to circulate the energy that you create and make it, uh, put it out there and get something good back takes a lot of time, you know, and it's a, it's a, it's in my craft, but I, I loved, um, I knew that I was in Detroit. I don't even know what year it was, it was in the early eighties. And then I just thought, you know what? You're right. I've always sung all my life. I always wanted to be a singer, a performer, but I tried other things and, you know, I just, I believe our path is not ours to pick sometimes. You just get led where you're supposed to go. So I'm, here I am, you know, I landed on Beale Street with a great job I was so blessed with for 25 years. That was amazing. So, you know. Okay. And working now, it out. Let's talk a little bit about this new release. Now, if you were to run into someone on Beale Street and they wanted to know about this new release you have, what would you tell them? Be like, oh my God, you're not going to believe what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like the luckiest girl on earth. I don't know. I mean, I just know Jesus loves me. I don't know. You know, I mean, I had my last record was Bernard Purdy on drums and Jim Gaines producing. And I had Will from, uh, McFarland from Muscle Shoals. And we just made this beautiful record. And, you know, I brought my background singers I met in Peretta also in to work with us. The, um, the Sweet Nectar, great girls. Jimmy McCracklin's daughter is actually one of them. Uh, uh, Lynette Sue McCracklin and her friend Mom Smith. And they grew up together singing. They were singing for Jimmy when they were like, 10 years old you know he he knew how to work a family but um and they were great so we had this great thing going on and then i wanted to make another record and it, it just happened it was crazy like um i met this guy in memphis during ibc i think it was the 2018 2019 came from croatia 
bunch of people. And we um, we just we just really hit it off and we had a good time. And, you know, so he called, he started texting me on Facebook in uh, 2020. And I'm like, who is this guy? And so we work it out and I realize who it is. I'm like, Hey, you know, so he invites me to come to Croatia to do three shows. I go over there, do three shows. It worked out great. We started writing songs. I think one of your favorites off the new record, you keep spinning young lost love was our first song we wrote together. Like, you know, and it was great. You know, we did it in Croatia. So we have to write songs before I leave. We wrote three songs that night. I don't even remember what the other two were right now, but this was the best one. And, uh, we just really hit it off. So then that was um, 2021 and 2022 this past year, I went to Croatia for three months. I went for June, July and August mm-hmm. and we just traveled around and did our thing. And, you know, but I had brought him here in the beginning of the years when we recorded the songs, we've been writing, we were writing 5,000 miles apart on the internet, you know, over thanks to WhatsApp and just, you know, so we write these songs, and I already written some songs with my songwriter from Muscle Shoals, Mark Normor, who I love. Met him through Sandy Carroll, who's Jim Gaines' wife. You know, it's like a big circle of just great people that you end up working with. And so when I wanted to do the record, I said, well, that's <laughs> all. Anyway, I called Jim, and I said, okay, I want to do this record. And we were talking. He goes, well, what do you want? I said, yeah, I really want to go. We wrote the song about the Shoals. I want to go to the Shoals and record it. Because we watched the Shoals. Um, documentary, Hutchie and I did, and I'm like, it's just a great thing. And, you know, to when they started, like, hiding all of our history and knocking down all of the monuments and saying, I'm like, where do people learn? To me, you learn your history from your past history, correct? They say history repeats itself. So if you don't want history to repeat itself, you have to teach people what history was. You know, I mean, it, to me, it's, my mother would say it's not that difficult, and I have to agree. So anyway... We wrote these songs, you know, uh, I don't know if you've listened to Trail of Tears and uh, The Mm -hmm. Song of the River, but they're all about, you know, Indian genocide is what they are. And, you know, it was just, if if people would really read about it, you wouldn't believe it. You could get a lot of it in the Muscle Shoals documentary. There's a lot of explanation there. And I just loved uh, what we wrote, what we did, what we felt. We visited lots of Indian sites. We did lots of Indian work because in Tennessee, you know, um, I did lots of, mm, I don't even know what you call, we call it treasure hunting. And we would go looking for, you know, Indian points and talk about what Indian mounds were and what the Indians did because, you know, they would, it was just amazing. I mean, Tennessee is a big paleo spot, you know, for stuff. And it was just interesting. We still have tribes and they still have lots of cool things that go on there. And, um, you know, I'm from, my grandmother was a uh, Mayan Indian, so I'm from an Indian descent, you know, not a Cherokee, and I'm not an Apache or anything, but, you know, Indians are Indians, <laughs> you know, and I come from that upbringing of Mother Earth and, you know, family and cooking and, you know, that kind of, having a garden and, you know, we grew our own food and stuff like that, so I don't know, it was just very, um, it brought me back to my original roots. It really did. And it, it was just interesting to me and touched my soul. And so we wrote these songs and we loved it. And, and the funny thing is that Hutt told me, I said, why are you so into Indians? And he was like, when I was little, we would play cowboys and Indians. And I was always an Indian. 
he said, so, and he reads. So he would read all these books, you know, like thousands of books, not five books, not 10 books, you know, lots and lots and lots of books on Indians. So he was very schooled on this thing. So it, it just really um, touched us. And when we took it to the shoals for these guys that grew up in the shoals, that did everything in the shoals, you know, it just turned into real. It was amazing. Nice. I mean, to work with David Hood and Clayton Ivy and Will and people that come from there. And, you know, we visited all the spots. We did, you know, we did our homage. We did our pilgrimage. We really, you know, tried to speak to the spirits and say, we're here to help. You know, it was very interesting. You spread this word, but you know, and I loved every minute of it. It was it was like a dream come true. So we went to Muscle Shoals, went to the Nut House. We made these, you know, it was just a, a great time. And I feel so blessed to work with these people. Oh yeah, because two of the cover, yeah, two of the cover songs were originally done in Muscle Shoals, and David Hoodie and Clayton I'd be played on them. You know, tell Mama Clayton turned to David and said, "This is how we should have recorded this song fifty years ago." I could have just got on my knees. It was so beautiful thank you jesus you know to hear them say that and it was just cool you know and the jimmy hughes song um you know was just beautiful and we 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 mix it between the original and the edit james version which you know i just love what it came out to be which is my version yeah let's talk about you as a songwriter um when you begin that process what is your mechanism that you use to kind of get things rolling I write songs all day long in my head, and then I have to get them to my son. If I get a good hook, a good piece, uh, I do stuff while I'm doing things. I have muses, you know. It's just uh, I just feel a feeling, and I, I, or I say something clever, and I'm like, hurry up, I got to write that down. That's a song. That's a hook, and then I can build a song around that. You know, it's just I don't know how else to explain it. It's not. I don't sit down and go, let's write a song most of the time. I get these visions or I have a dream and I put these pieces together and then we sit down and write the songs. I'll go, I'll tell Hutch, hey, look, I got this hooker. You know, when we wrote Slide Man, Mark Normore said to me, Mark's like, Barbara, I got this title, but I don't have anything for it. I go, what's it called? He goes, Slide Man. And I started laughing. You know, I mean, you like slide on the guitar or what, Mark? He goes, well, kind of tongue in cheek. I said, all right, let's work on it. And we did. And we wrote that song in about an hour. You know, okay. and it was fun. And we didn't even have a slide guitar player when we wrote it. We just wrote blues on the piano and, you know, figured out what we wanted to do. And then I played it for Hutch. He's like, I got this. I'm like, cool. You know, it's just how it works. All right. And, now, um, yeah. you know, I always find, you know, the, the, the process of songwriting is kind of segmented into lyric and melody being two different functions of the brain. And melody, I find very intriguing. Um, some songwriters like to use a groove. Others like to have a lyric to, and, and that cadence that the lyric uh, has to dictate where the melody should go. What do you do to kind of find your melodic ideas? Well, I just keep singing the song. Uh, it starts off one way <laughs> and it ends up another way by the time I'm done with it. Because, you know, I have to listen to what everybody else is doing to it also. And then... I, when we run the scratch tracks, you know, that's the, when we do the rhythm tracks, a lot of times I probably not even sung half of these songs a handful of times. So I really don't have my complete, what I want to do to it down. I have an idea, you know what I mean? But once I get in the studio, then 
I just do things and I and I say things to Jim like, Okay, play that again, I hear something in my head and I'll sing it and he's like, Where's that been hiding? And I just start laughing, you know, I'm like, It's not hiding, it's in there. I just have to peel back the layers and do what I feel fits in that song, you know. So it's interesting uh, how we you know, peel the layers and then just put them all back together again. Well you know. And then there's some songs. I always have at least one song on a record that is I sing it, and we never touch it again. And that would be Song of the River on this one. That's a one-take song. I sang it, that was it. We didn't do anything to it. Okay. Now, uh, with that in mind, a lot of songwriters have a tendency to write and write and write and really kind of you know beat a song to death sometimes. And you have to get it to a point where you stop. You stop the writing process, move it, move it into production, and allow the producer, the you know, the uh, the musicians to kind of give their take on it. What do you do to determine when a song is ready to give to the band and the producer, and and move it to that next phase? Well, that's kind of like what I just said. You know what I mean? We get it, we get it in there. And when I, I'm, my brain will tell me there's nothing else I can do. That song, even origin will tell me, Barbara, leave it alone. It's great. You know, because I'll be like, what about you know? But you you work as a team. And that's how you know, or if, my, if I get goosebumps, I know, like, sometimes, I, well, most times, I know when we did a, on the, a one-take song. On the last record, we did nine one-takes on Fish and Dirty Water, which okay. was interesting. Now, on this new record, it took us, it was different because I, I don't even know how to claim it different. The songs are a little different on this because of the European influence from Hutch. You know, some of the choral is different, and but it all worked. And everybody just put in their, you know, their touch on it, and it turned beautiful. There's some beautiful licks in here, like Clayton did some crazy stuff that's just gorgeous on that on the B3, and Brad Gunn on the saxophone, he's a genius in my book. I love, well, we love the same people, too, though. You know, we're old jazz, old blues, saxophone-loving people. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about it and he was like, so I did the one, I said, I have one solo for you to do it. And we listened to it and he looked at me straight in the eye and he goes, now it's my turn to make you cry. And he went in and blew me away. You know, I just, I love what he put on too far. That's him playing too far. And, you know, every song on this record is personal to me in a crazy way. They just all are. They all have something to do with something I feel. Right. Well, that's I the- don't do songs. Yeah, I just don't do regular, like, I'm going to do a cover song. Like, I loved Etta. I got to meet her a few times. I got to sing with Mike Finnegan on one of my records. I did three records with the Phantom Blues Band. Him and he took me to see her on my birthday one time, got me passes when I was in L.A. recording one of these records with the Phantom Band. And, you know, I mean, just stuff like that. I have connections with things that I love. I've had people tell me, that I sound like Etta, which I'm just like, oh my God, I love hearing that from people. You know, we have the same timbre in our voice and I love hearing it because she was brilliant. She was a brilliant singer. I would never equate myself with Etta James, but she was brilliant. Oh yeah. She made brilliant bird noises. I mean, I just loved her. She could do amazing things with her voice. Now, um, let's talk about going into the studio and you're working with Jim Gaines, who's legendary as a producer. Um, when you get into that environment, what do you like to do to help you kind of capture the sound you're looking for? <laughs> That's so funny. Richard, you see who I'm working with, right? Yeah. 
There ain't no me capturing nothing. They capture it. The first, the best thing is the first hour we go in the studio with everybody because there's a pissing contest every time. <laughs> We're going to see who's going to run the show. And I love it. I just love it because I know who's going to win. <laughs> yeah, Jim. <laughs> nope. No. No, Jim ain't in it. Jim sits back and listens. Jim doesn't do nothing. He lets us roll. We get in that room like a bunch of kids, and we all start playing, and everybody starts fussing. Everybody gets everything ready the way they need it. But there's always one person in that room that will run the session. It won't say nothing. It just runs the session. Okay. And it, it's always Bernard. B is the hit maker. He's the man. Like, he will, he just, he'll be quiet until he can't take it to work. He has to say something. But, you know, I mean, the bass and the drums is the backbone of the thing. Oh, and yeah. everybody knows he knows what he's doing. So, you know, him and David worked together. It was, it was, you know, it was all magical, you know. And if you never work with Will McFarland, he's like having a 15-year-old in the room at all times. Well, see, and we're like, oh, what, man? But, I mean, he's the best chart writer. He's the best this. He's the best that. He's the guy that's got every tour, everything that you're going to need. And, you know, he makes the session happen like that. Everybody else is in there and does their job, and that's what we do. Okay. They're the best well, yeah, at what they do. You're working with pros. I mean, these are guys that, you know, they just, you know, you put the red light on and they're they're ready. They're going we to- make songs. That's right. Yeah. So it's different for me. I'm, I'm really kind of spoiled that way. Even I probably torture my band right now. Going, hey, you guys, I'm tunneling in hash, you know, let's get this. And they're looking at me like, you're crazy. I'm like, no, I'm professional. So this is how this is going to be. You know, so, but it's, it, you know, I'm, I'm just blessed and I, and I'm, I'm so blessed that I can hang with them. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't, it's just amazing to me. I love it. You now, know, it's really cool when one of them says good idea. You're like, Oh my God, they probably had a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> now you're working That's with cool. uh, Karen Leipinger for your PR and, and radio and things like that. Tell me a little bit about how that relationship began. Well, Karen, this is our second. She did my last record also. And um, I'm not even sure who gave me Karen's name. I just knew she was out of Nashville, and I looked at her thing. And, you know, I just wanted to do something different. My music, I didn't want to... I didn't want to just keep going down the same roads that everybody else was doing because I felt I wanted to hit a wider audience, if this makes any sense. And Karen has a wider audience in her repertoire, of writers, you know, she's doing my, my PR for, you know, um, interviews and blah, blah, blah. And then I have uh, Michelle Castiglia. She's doing my radio PR. Um, and then, you know, so, and I just got a new website and I'm working with the guy, Steve Hassel and wait Hauser and with Michael, um, Frank from Earwig, you know, they're my distributor on this record. Michael and I have been friends for a while and, and just, you know, it's, it's a big step for me. I've always maintained my own, but I'm glad cause I, I want it out there with a the big distributor and we have one. So that's great. Okay. So this is a lot. And Karen is, you know, she's, she's on the team. That's just, she's a team player and, you know, we're all just hanging together trying to make this, get it out there. So I think the music speaks for itself once I get it to people's ears. Yep. Well, that it does. Now, um, let's talk a little bit about the, the industry. Uh, you've been in the industry a while. Uh, you work with a lot of great people that have been in the industry even longer. Um, 
and you know, let's face it. The you know the fact is that we need to embrace uh, that the consumer really has chosen streaming as the way to consume music. The problem is, is that recorded music no longer has a status of product. It's not something to purchase anymore. Uh, it's now a service. People expect it on their phone. They expect it for free. Um, and it really has hurt the independent artists because that merch that they put at the table, the CDs, is really what you know defines a good tour. It, it, it kind of, you know, it makes the difference between... You know, chicken nuggets and golden corral when you're on the road, you know. Um, exactly. It's gas money. Where are you going to stay? Are you staying right. in the car? You get in the room. You know I mean? It's just how we get in there. How are we doing this this time? Am I going to put this on my credit card and get in debt for, you know, another $40,000? Or are we just going to make it happen? You know, I, it's, it's a tough shot, you know. And I will say that this time I did make CDs. and um, But I'm using them as like... Um, what do you call that? Uh, like uh, a memorabilia. I autograph them, and there you go. You have something to remember. If you have something to play it on, great. If you don't, well, find somebody that does, record it, stick it on a hard drive, and put it on everything you have. You know. But I do have. Um, we're looking at making. There, I'm going to make a hard drive out of these two, a little USB drive, which will be cool. Everybody wants those, believe it or not. And there's just really new, cool, innovative ways to make those. It still costs money. They're more expensive than CDs, but, you know, I don't know. You know, I think the music industry takes care of the upper echelon music industry. Enough little guys just get, you know, drowned, drowned. That's it. You know, know, it's a tough bone with me. It's a tough bone with me to pick because, you know, whenever... So whenever the when COVID hit, yeah, I had a great job, and I go, but I'm an independent artist that was an, uh, in, a contractor, and so yeah, oh great, they gave me three thousand dollars to live on. Are you freaking kidding me? And people that made millions of dollars are getting millions of dollars. I'm like, who wrote this bucket of shit out? Pardon my French. It really made me angry. Well, and I don't blame you. It, we were hanging on trying to you know pay the bills or live and. You know, it was just, it was insane. I sold my property. Who knew what was going to happen? You know, and you just had to pay your bills. So I had to do that to get what I had to get done. Right. Well, you and know, it doesn't make you happy. <laughs> Trust no. me. Well, you know, but it's you, good for songs. I'll tell you that, Richard. It's a good avenue for material for songs. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Well, you know, the, the yeah. thing with streaming is, is that if you're not on Spotify, <laughs> And someone goes to look for you, you, and they don't find you. You become irrelevant. So it's it's well, kind of a catch yeah. twenty two. You got to be there, but you Spotify is free. You don't get any money from Spotify. Everybody's you know anyway. Well, yeah, and you, you know if you really look at at this business model with the streaming, we it's not sustainable. We can't continue to pay artists and not give them the opportunity to at least break even. Um, so we they're not making this. it for us to break even or be sustainable. They're looking to make money on us. Like they always have. That's just the deal, you know, and it's ridiculous, but that's what they're doing again. Right. Well, we need to, we need it's, to do something. The, the world of streaming needs to evolve. Um, just, oh, I agree. 1000% there. Yeah. Yeah. And there is some technologies coming up like uh blockchain streaming that, are promising to pay up to 80% of the incoming revenue back to the artist. 
and decentralize the music industry where there is no one company that can control this streaming platform. It's more of a, con- a direct connection between fans and artists. Um, like Audius and Emanate, these are two of the, the main ones that are out there right now that are giving artists this opportunity to kind of take control of their uh, content and their revenue streaming, you know? What do you think of right. that as a potential future? Well, I mean, if it works, great. You know, but what I find is, so, okay, last night I go to do my Grammy voting, right? I'm a member. I mean, I'm a, I'm a voter. I go online, and there are five or six different ways to get in to listen to the music. If you do not belong or sign up for one of these services, you can't listen to the music. To me, that is just another roadblock in the, you know, and I'm signed up for two or three of them, and I don't know who controls this or what happens, but you couldn't get in there. It was like, this is crazy. You know, I have to go, like, through three different avenues to find, even on the streaming thing, to get through some. Now, one of the things that uh, happened uh, after the pandemic is that a lot of artists started going on the Internet and creating content, using social media to kind of uh, establish their brand and bring their fans, you know, and stay connected to their fan base. What are some of the things that you are doing to help your brand connect with your fans using social media and content? Well, for a while, everything just stopped. You know, I had two radio shows. I had, you know, my show every night at Silky's. And when I sold my property and I moved back up north of Pennsylvania, my mother was here, you know, she was 89. And that took a lot of time. I kept in touch on Facebook and you know, a lot of people, I have 11 records. So everybody had my music and I kept saying, I'm going to come back and do another show. You know, we're just gonna, I could I have enough music to do my own music for probably a month or two. And, um, but I, I just believe it or not, kept in touch with them on phones and, you know, talking and, you know, I've been at Silky so long. Once they reopened what a year ago, year and a half ago, people still come there to see me constantly. You know, it was a good, you know, and we still talk through that. They give them my number. They tell them to call me. They'll call me up. And, you know, I had my website. We just put a new website up because mine kind of went down um, out of, out of um, you know, technology. I had a flashlight. Couldn't use it anymore, blah, blah, blah. So right now I'm back on with everybody, and they're all there. They're all still here, which is great. We still love your music. We love you. We love this. So I'm very lucky that way. I had a long time to touch a lot of people. So... I'm, you know, I'm back in touch with them. You know, we've emailed everybody. So everything's back to good, you know, and the shows that I do at Silky's are full. So I'm okay with that. But I don't know how this works for everybody else. You know, I didn't put on shows online. I didn't, you know, do the thing for money online. I just didn't. You know, I was just trying to survive. And, uh wrap around a lot of things I was going through. It broke my leg. I had a lot of crap going on, but, you know, it's not easy to move with a broken leg and blah, 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 but, you know, it all happened. It all got done. And I just believe I'm a kind of a day-to-day person. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. I'm rolling from today to tomorrow. I have plans, of course, but, you know, I I just got to believe in me and in, in my fans and in that. And it's working. It's working. Okay. 
you know, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show. It's it's a pleasure talking with you again, uh, as always. And uh, we're going to give everyone out there a Indie Blues double shot from your new release. You guys are going to love this. Turn up loud. Screw those neighbors. We're going to have some fun. Tonight. <laughs> Let's have some fun. Yeah.
Whiskey is my witness For all the nights I spent Thinking if it's worth To try and dance again Helps me with my vice I intentionally pour Flames into a glass of ice Yes, I know myself too well And it doesn't really matter Where you are Your happiness Will always be
independent artist or a fan that loves them, makingascene.org is the place for you. For the music fan, we bring you in-depth interviews and CD reviews from artists who are on the cutting edge of original music. For the independent artist, we bring you articles on music business, recording techniques, gear reviews, and interviews with industry professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the Indie Revolution.
shows Everybody sees you In the crowd My baby That is what you used to be
as if I believe you If I try I think we're better off now Letting things lie Sing the 
was just playing the blues, Dad.
he was hit by a truck and you were lying out in that gutter dying and you had time to sing one song. Huh? One song.
Robert gave us 29 songs. It was enough. Never was a number 39 that I knew of. You gotta do it for yourself. That's what Robert would have told you.
I guess there just aren't enough rocks. You're a model of flawless design. I can't help but feel butterflies every time you are by. You make me want to throw away my storyline and make a new one with you. I could be your new rescue, rescue. I know these feelings have been long overdue. Who's this? Told myself I'd never ever fall, fall, fall I said life's too short to let them have it all, 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 all right Yeah uh, I know these feelings have been long overdue
philosophy Nothing young appeals to me I like my man like I like my whiskey mm. Aged and mellow Now Some girls just can't seem to see Why these little young cats ain't moving me But I like my men like I like my whiskey mm. Aged and mellow
is able Her ways are graceful Even when it's painful Her smile is playful But you never want to get in her way six miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Feeling now, baby. Just swimming through the gumbo Gotta keep a head down Looking for the jumbo Yeah Gotta find a feeling Got the blues on Monday Gotta swim back for the storm on Sunday Or we're all gonna get wet Everybody 
to my mama, she was dancing with the boom box. Passed right out and she fell in the boom box. Uh, it made a mighty sound. We're gonna have a party in the lowdown swampland. Grilling on some eagle with a no name farmhand. Uh, or just messing around. That's it. Move on. <laughs> Sound great, brothers. We're tracking in history right now, y'all. Now, if I could ask for the time to turn back the clock for me. To turn back the clock for me You know I'd have you by my side Oh, just the way we used to be And I'm running out of time
trusted people And I'm running out of time nightclub on the edge of town. It's a pleasant environment, but uh, but in the 21st century, uh, you know, you don't even have to leave the couch. Just turn on the TV and commercials or as theme songs, you will see and hear the blues are everywhere. I'm Elwood. Winds of change are blowing in 
that's it. That's my show for tonight. I hope you enjoyed yourself. I hope you heard some artists that you didn't know about and enjoyed some artists that you did. And remember, all of these artists that I played on this show are out there right now, touring and creating new original music rooted in the blues. If you want to keep the blues alive, you have to support the artists who are out there creating that new music. Because it is a living art form that is being performed every single night somewhere in the world. So, if you get a chance, stop by our website at makingascene.org. You can find out about some great new artists and the ones that we played on this show tonight. Add them to your playlist. And you can discover them on our website. So, till next time, this is Lahamadou. Tech, I'm out of here. Baby, just gone away. Doctor, things left on with my friend. I gone, lost my dog, I'm alone. Just fought somebody. I mean, found it funny. I got knocked in the head, man, by old friends. I lie in here, think I'm dead. Oh, I'm